0: It felt like my soul had been someplace else for a really, really long time. I entered into the eye of the storm of grief that I had been carrying. I, I began to cry. The littlest thing would just send me into an anxiety spiral. That, like, it's just one little thing. Why is this little thing ruining my day?
1: Elysinia is a unique psilocybin retreat based in Mexico
0: with a focus on meditation, neuroscience, and brain health. I had zero doubt that this was something that I was going to go through and actually do. That
1: self-compassion sort of had trickled into every little part of my life.
0: I hadn't laughed that hard in so long. The profoundness with which I experienced like reality, the magnitude of the beauty was just completely overwhelming.
1: Dan, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's such an honor to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what made you decide to come to Ellicinia?
0: First of all, hi, Tanya. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's honored to be on the podcast and to to see your smiling face again. I think, you know, it's really interesting. Even just thinking about doing this podcast has helped me with my own integration and my own making sense of it all. And it's just been another example of how powerful the time is that you need to put in after the retreat to kind of make sense of it all and to think about what's next.
1: You told me that you didn't listen to the podcasts beforehand. You listened to them afterwards and they were beneficial.
0: Yes. And actually, I've now been a religious listener. It helps me in my own integration and making sense of it. And I think One thing you crave when you leave this magical experience is that reconnection. And while maybe we can't always reconnect with the people that were on the retreat, just listening to somebody else who's gone through the exact same experience feeds that desire to reconnect.
1: So what about you? So what made you pick Ellicinia? And tell us a little bit about who you are.
0: That's a tough question. And I I would say after the experience, I would say that is a a societal construct that I am working with. And so thinking about that now is, I don't know. I don't don't know how to define myself. You know, that's so broad, that's so vague, but I will try. I recently relocated to Montana and I'm on a kind of a new journey with my partner of 18 years. We were the typical corporate workers after going to great universities and business schools and kind of climbing up the corporate ladder. And we both enjoyed what we did. I even was in the wine industry for a while and that was wonderful, but corporate jobs just weren't as fulfilling to me anymore. And so in the last four years, we've really been on a new journey and exploring new opportunities first in Colorado and now in in Montana. There's been a lot of jumping around, which has not been always the best or always as planned. But, you know, our goal is, in a way, just to always be pushing our comfort zone. But anyway, I grew up in California. I have a wonderful family. I had a great upbringing. And I'm one of those people who you would think maybe doesn't struggle in life. And I've been very blessed. The human experience is full of different types of struggle and either big trauma or low trauma. And I think the retreat is a place where you see that in various degrees. And it was it was just so amazing to be surrounded by others going through an experience, however intense or mild. And then as far as like why Ellicinia? I've been for the last three years really looking at retreats. I was supposed to go to one in the Netherlands about three years ago. And of course the pandemic hit, so that blew that up. And originally what led me to that retreat was, you know, my depression was just not going well. And I was really looking for an alternative to traditional antidepressants. I, of course, read Michael Pollan's book, How to Change Your Mind. And that kind of just given my background and education, that just gave me a little bit more confidence to really jump into this world and explore it and understand that there are huge scientific medical benefits out there that were worth trying and then the pandemic hit life got in the way a lot of moves and then fast forward to now and like i said we've recently kind of picked up and moved to a new corner of the country knowing nobody without jobs i thought that in addition to kind of trying to maybe get off traditional antidepressants which in my mind have been stabilizing, but I think numbing in a way. Also, it was just at a great life stage where I thought that psilocybin specifically could really help with some insights and maybe some ideation. I know it's been a tool of creatives and innovators. And so I really thought those were the two drivers. And Ellicinia spoke to me very clearly, you know, it's kind of the wild west of retreats these days and there's just so many options. And I was a little bit overwhelmed. And it took me a while to figure out that Elisenia was very pragmatic, very science-based, more about brain health, wellness, and really geared towards, I would say, more professional-type people. While I am a huge adventure traveler and I love roughing it, this was not something I wanted to rough, you know? And also just the proximity Mexico was great. I mean, there's some retreats that are a little further and harder to get to. And those were a lot of the reasons that I chose Ellicinia.
1: And did you have any regrets leading up to the retreat or second thoughts or concerns?
0: No, I just wanted to do it. I just wanted to do it after contemplating it for a while and then pulling the trigger in March. And then, you know, the retreat was in May. I just wanted to get there. And I think it's one of those things that it's probably like planning a wedding. You could just fill that time with worry and just consume your mind and over plan and overthink, over research. I was really glad to jump into it and stop the thinking, stop the reading, just as you guys coach us to do is surrender in a way, which in our worlds and how I was brought up and how society has groomed me, that's hard to do.
1: Amazing. So when you first arrived, how did you feel when you
0: settled in? One thing about Elsinia, I had a brief stint in the hospitality business and the attention to detail at Elsinia is absolutely incredible. And obviously, hospitality starts with the people and the experience. And so I felt comfortable right off the bat. The room was great. I felt it was a little luxurious to have this second floor room alone. It was amazing. The part of me was thinking, gosh, I wish I brought somebody But I also knew that I needed to go alone to do the work. This wasn't just a social event, even though that, you know, was a part of it. I knew that doing this, kind of going inward more and focusing on myself was going to be the best kind of experience. I would get the most benefit from it. So the bus ride was awkward. It was the classic 10 strangers go on a three hour tour, you know, a three hour drive to Ellicinia and people were quiet. People were jet lagged. There were some nerves. It was dark. It was stormy. It was just a perfect setting of a Hollywood script, you know? And little did we know how this journey was going to end up. So arriving was awesome. It was great to be on the ground. The welcome, the treats, the vibe, the weather. You can't not be comfortable once you step on the ground.
1: So did you sleep well that night before you moved right into your
0: macrodose? Let's see. Did I sleep well? I slept pretty well. I think it was more, you know, there was some anticipation and not nerves, not anxiety, but just anticipation to do it. And so I think I was excited. And so it was hard to completely, you know, relax. I remember as that first night concluded, people were really starting to open up and chat more, and I realized it was getting late, and someone popped up and said, I need to get to bed. I need to rest. I knew that this was going to be mentally straining, and so I just took that opportunity to say, okay, I'm going to bed too, but the level of discourse amongst the other guests was already, you know, starting to engage me and draw me in, and I think set a little bit of that comfort. I debated whether I do this alone with maybe a coach stateside somewhere, or doing the full retreat. And I think that collective experience from start to finish really blew me away as to the importance of adding to the experience. And so I was never really debating it, but you naturally have nerves. It's like you're holding hands with others and jumping into the ocean. It just helped so much that morning, knowing that others were about to do that.
1: Well said. So what were your first effects that day for the macrodose and where did you move and What was that like for you?
0: I think it started to hit me pretty quick. I quickly went to just an outdoor couch with an umbrella and put on the eye mask and put on the headphones. And for me, it started with a lot of visuals syncing to the music. So the full kind of synesthesia effect, swirling, colorful, a show, if you will. Then it started, it's kind of like this is your life started happening. And I explain it as there's this carousel of memories, of situations, of people, of ideas that just started kind of enveloping kind of in front of me. And it was, it was really, there was no order to it. There was no theme. It was just jumping around, but it was so amazing. And some of it was touching. There were situations maybe with friends where there was some tension and it was just paired with solutions and suggestions of maybe what I should do, which was creating this kind of relief. There were moments of just gratitude and love. And, you know, I had spent a lot of time in my life in Latin America. I was an exchange student. I spent some time in college in a language program for work. I traveled in Latin America a lot. So Latin America is been a big influence in my life. And just, I think being in Mexico, being surrounded obviously by Spanish speakers, that unlocked a whole chapter that I revisited in a way and more of just giving me perspective of how amazing those experiences have been and how rich they were and how much they influenced my life and how lucky and blessed and fortunate. And I just, I love that. You know, it's so many times in life, you just move on to the next thing. And yeah, you have memories and you might have some photos, but I almost relived it. It was another one of those, wow, I just feel so lucky.
1: Amazing. So like immeasurable gratitude that was a little bit off the spectrum of what you normally feel as to gratitude.
0: So it was just amazing just how these different ideas and memories were coming up. I think another really big one that came up that is really surprising to me after a while now is just my experience of being in the closet. It's like the light bulb went on as to how that impacted me. While I always convinced myself that I was happy and I was not diagnosed with depression then, it really held back or snuffed out my true feelings and emotions. So I had to suppress emotions to be in the closet. And so I think that really had an effect in how I love or how I allow myself to be loved. During that time frame, My analytical mind was not letting myself truly, deeply feel. And then I started to kind of see, well, how does that play out now? Sometimes when I struggle with defensiveness or trust or loving and being loved, it has a lot of roots back down in that time. And while it seems maybe that that's obvious, I never really, never really dawned on me that that's what was happening because I convinced myself I was happy that I could compartmentalize, and I was almost proud of that. I was probably, you know, it wasn't until thirty that I came out. So I think that was a lot of the formative time that I was creating dysfunctional habits. Being a human, you can't suppress feeling. That's I think one of the bigger insights that really hit me and i was just so appreciative and if i fast forward to the dmt experience and then we'll get there i think that experience pairs well with that theory and kind of what i was starting to realize on that macrodose
1: yeah well go ahead because
0: it's such a beautiful theme if i take a step back from my psychedelic experience at losenia i had the full range experience i like it's like i got the supersized combo And I got it all, you know, carte blanche from deep, profound insights to absolute laughter and joy and giggling and just becoming a child without a care in the world to huge tears and release. This range of human emotions was just so powerful. And it's always going to be hard for me to articulate that and bring that to life for other people. But I cannot say enough about what I experienced. And so going back to the macro, I had these profound insights, which I called it profundo time, going deep, profundo is deep in Spanish. And because of my Spanish background, another side of me totally came out, and that is just trying to bring back my Spanish, if you will. I had been fluent, but very rusty. But one thing I didn't know is Access to vocabulary can sometimes be a little rough in a psychedelic experience, both English and Spanish. So then I just became this Spanglish terror. And it was being surrounded by, of course, all of the staff and professionals that speak Spanish. So that fueled me. I came out of my inward time and I would I wanted to socialize. I wanted to interact with people. I was playful. I wanted to joke. Anyway, so that macro, it just was... It was just, it was so amazing from the deep insights to then the silliness, the, you know, discovering, you know, the common area bathroom and the sink and the faucet. The faucet was like a freaking fire hose. And I thought that was the funniest. I was such a childish boy. And then I would just crank that thing up and I'd spray in water all over the bathroom. And then. I dragged in almost one of my fellow guests. Oh, my God, so-and-so, look at this. And then she was giggling. He's like, oh, my God. And we were just like two boys. And I'm sure I was driving the staff nuts. I do remember a situation. It was pretty early on where somebody going through a tough experience to the point where he was on all fours. I decided, okay, I'm done with my insights right now. I'm going to kind of walk around. He was the closest one to me. He's on all fours. And I thought he was being playful. I thought he was trying to be a bull or something. He was like going through nausea. and He was fighting. And I just like roll up and we're starting to chat. And I just, in my peripheral vision, I saw the staff just kind of creeping in on me, getting closer. And I was like, okay, I guess I should probably leave him alone. Let's go do a different station. But then I found so much amusement in that you know, there was one time someone put a washcloth on my forehead that was pretty wet. And because of some of the deep inward experiences, there were tears, like warm tears. And at one point, the washcloth was dripping down in my mask. And then I took off my mask and it was drenched. And I didn't know if it was the tears or the washcloth. And Then I just started laughing. You know, it was just, it was just a wondrous experience. In any little stimuli I found so engaging, so amusing.
1: Amazing. So well said, Dan. Thank you so much. So then as that day came to a close and like you described it as such an expansive emotional range, did you feel vulnerability while you were there or how were you feeling after?
0: As we kind of came out of the experience, that was the other thing I got really excited about. I knew when the guacamole comes out, that's kind of like, the bookend to the experience. And I could not wait for guacamole in Mexico. I think I was asking for margaritas, but I know that was off limits, but the rest of the day was very light and lifted. It was just so awesome to share experiences with other folks. And it was illuminating because not everyone had an experience like I did. And that's where, you know, I'm very cautious in telling my story to friends and family because there is no typical experience. And I think that's a huge takeaway for the listener and for anyone going through it. I learned so much debriefing with my fellow guests. And I mean, our group really had the range. And so I was very lifted. Other people were still, in some cases, struggling. And that's where you just you respect the medicine and what it can do. But I had a great evening. I loved learning from others. You know, that was also a key inflection point for the group because now we started to all of a sudden become more open with one another. We just experienced this meaningful, life-affirming experience. That's where I think the connection was really starting to build. And I saw people that were going through huge pain. I was just starting to become more empathetic with others. And if I fast forward, we'll get to the DMT, but I think little did I know just the path I was going to go down, but I think psilocybin really had opened me up a lot more to hearing the range of emotions that other folks were going through. Beautiful.
1: So you went to bed fine, you woke up the next day, you were feeling still pretty positive at that point.
0: Yeah, I got up early. You know, I wish I could have slept a little bit longer, but I for some reason got up early, but it gave me time to Also reflect and journal a little bit and write down things. That ended up being helpful.
1: And so that was the day that you had your DMT experience?
0: That was DMT. That was a big day. We got this little sheet that said, your massage at this time, DMT's at this time, integration with Tanya's at this time, Josefina integration at this time or the next day. Oh, and that was the cultivation class. So I was really into that. That was that morning. And so... I was excited about that. That was another reason I chose Ellicinia. Your philosophy is we want to give you the tools and enable you to continue this practice. This isn't just a one and done experience. You know, there's a lot of people that are going to the retreat for intense pain, mental health issues, spiritual exploration, creativity. Well, not all that can be solved in one, you know, in four days. And so I love how you set up people with the tools and the knowledge So the cultivation course was a key piece and, you know, a huge bonus to choosing Illusinia. And so anyway, that was, that was the cultivation class day. So it was a busy day. And like I said, DMT was just another listed item of what we were going to do. You know, you do this vape pen thing. People tend to be, you know, very kind of feel very light and lifted afterwards. You know, there wasn't much talk about it. It was kind of this We're going to expose you to this. For those people who haven't had a big experience with the macrodose, sometimes DMT can really give you that and it works on similar receptors. And so there was all that intellectual understanding. It's like, okay, great. Well, I had a great macrodose. So, you know, maybe this is going to be underwhelming. I remember a fellow guest, she had a very traumatic macrodose, really intense. And I don't even know what the trauma was, but it was intense. And you know, for her, the DMT experience was wonderful and just, you know, really helped her. And so I understood where you could do the DMT and, and that could give you maybe a better experience for those, for those who didn't have a great macro. So I went into it with those expectations. Little did I know what was a leading. You know, I guess there was a reason that you do the DMT with Josefina and Jessica at either side of you. I just had the most, um, mind blowing experience and it started with just a huge struggle. I was fighting it. And while there were some amazing visuals and colors, I did not, I could not appreciate it. It was just this current running through me that I wanted to escape. And then I turned to Jessica and I'm like, am am I, am I fighting this? I was. And So finally, you know, the charge kind of calmed down. I was able to just close my eyes and lie down for a little bit. And it was just some of the most wondrous shapes and patterns and motions and just in total technicolor. You know, the highest contrast TV couldn't capture. It was really beautiful. And then, you know, they just started slowing down. And so I thought, okay, well, this is ending. So I sat up. And I looked at the mountain where all three of us are now sitting, watching the famous mountain that everyone talks about and has become central to everyone's trip, if you will. The the trees are kind of moving and I'm just sitting there. And, you know, I look at the hairs on my arms and my legs and they're standing up straight and really dark and gross. And I was like, hey, this is weird. And then I I thought, wow, maybe that's what I needed. I needed the struggle. I think you guys do a really good job of educating us that regardless of the experience, there's a positive, there's usually a positive long-term impact, right? Regardless of why you're there. So I'm thinking, okay, I needed that, you know, no pain, no gain. I got to take my medicine. Then a little tear came to my eye. I was like, yeah, this is what I needed. For what? I didn't know. I paused and then all of a sudden I just completely broke down. I just cried in a way I'd never cried before. And it was not tied to a specific thought or person or situation. It was just this huge release and catharsis and something I've never experienced. And these weren't tears of dread or a depressive episode; They were just waterworks. And it was really powerful and something I'd never, ever experienced and it blew me away and it was amazing having Josefina and, and Jessica there and I just felt I just felt so much comfort and trust and love. I don't think I could have done that if I didn't I wasn't in a situation that was just so supportive and and just literally unconditional love. And I turned I turned to Jessica and I remember and you know Jessica's very dry sense of humor. And I turned to her and I said, is this normal? You know, cause it's like, this just fucking blew my mind. And she's like, I think you had a break. And I didn't know what that meant. It was like, okay. And then I'm gazing off, kind of just gazing off of the mountain again, kind of almost shocked, stunned what's happening. I'm coming back down to earth. And then I just started, I started crying again. And again, it was the appreciation and the gratitude for the experience and Elsinia. And I turned to Jessica and I said, do you realize what amazing work you are doing here? And then I took it to the whole world needs to come here and this could fix every scene. I was like, this is the answer for the world. Just let's get everyone here. And I remember Jessica, there was a lot of eye contact between us. We're just kind of talking into space. And she's like, okay, well, one at a time. Very matter of fact. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I finally got through that emotional part. And the feeling was just that my world, my mind, my being was just blown up. And it was slowly kind of coming back down to earth. And I think because of that, that's where, you know, then the analytical mind starts to come back come back to play. And I finally was stable enough that I, you know, made my way over to a couch just to, just to chill out and, and kind of take in what just happened. And I was very unsettled. I was just like, what just, what just happened? Tying back to the feeling and vulnerability. I mean, this just was this level of vulnerability I had never shown or experienced. I mean, the fact that I'm completely at my most vulnerable, just weeping in front of people that two days ago were complete strangers. It was just like, wow, I feel like this is something that I've been maybe missing. Not that I need to cry like that in front of everybody, but I'd never done that before. You know, yeah, I've I've cried at some moments of sadness and of course, depressive episodes and, you know, maybe a couple of tears at a funeral here and there, but just never that level of just human feeling. I think thinking back on it, I tie those two experiences, the macrodose experience and the DMT experience. And there's a pattern there of just, I had been repressed. And even though I am out of the closet and a great relationship, I still have work to do.
1: You said that Jessica said, I think you had a break. What do you think she meant by that
0: phrase? As somebody who's who's held things in and maybe doesn't show vulnerability, I think I've I've just held in feelings and emotions and and trauma. And I'm not saying like big trauma, but just trauma. And as I think about even just my last four years, it's been, there's been a lot, you know, moving four times, both of my parents going through significant health issues, you know, losing a beloved pet. And I'm not even counting the pandemic. And I'm sure that has an effect. Analytically, I knew that that is not great, for me, but I was able to just kind of think my way out of it and maybe not feel my way out of it. I think it was just this catharsis. And when I met with Josefina the next day, I mean, she called it an unblocking. And the way she termed it was she heard the unblocking. And she pointed to literally my, from my waist to my chin. She said it was like something was leaving. And, you know, between Jessica's comment, between... You know, what I experienced between thinking about all the things I, I could be releasing and then Josefina's unblocking, it, it all starts to kind of piece together. It was just this human release of things that I've been holding in because my thoughts were trying to control my feelings. Beautiful. Thank you for saying that. The Josefina part, you know, being at the curandera and I know in Mexico and we have to do the, you know, the traditional way of, ceremonies. And I just thought Josefina was there for window dressing. You got to have it, you know, it's mushrooms, Mexico. But when I had my little one-on-one with her and she went right to it, she's like, you had this huge unblocking. And I heard it. And I was like, oh my God. It's like, she was this wise, I'm not going to say old woman, because she's not old, but this wise, just goddess who had been kind of in a way, and I didn't know it, steering, steering me through this experience and when she said I heard the unblocking, that's that's all I needed to hear. I was less speechless in a way. Yeah, those are beautiful words. The mini dose was very chill, but it was very muted. It was kind of like you were in and out. I felt very zoned out. I didn't feel social at all. You know, there were no big tears. I was honestly just ready to like be done with it and get to the guacamole, you know. But I know why you do it. And that's important to kind of figure out the dose. So Intellectually, I totally got it. I think I just had two hugely meaningful experiences. So I think it was just, it was just hard to compete with that.
1: Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about how you felt coming home
0: as a kind of capstone to the retreat for me that again was unexpected. Again, my advice don't think, don't expect, just soak it all in. But the closing ceremony, You know, I knew it was this perfunctory thing. Cacao, awesome. It was great having everyone together around the fire. And I knew we, you know, you had to do the the ceremonial stuff, but then the staff, you, Emilio, Tyler, Jay, Jessica, you all said after the cacao ceremonies, a few words, just talk about the four days and the group. As you all went around, I realized, oh my God, like, Each one of these people had such an impact on me and my experience. And I was just so, again, I think just so grateful and appreciative about just the level of not only professionalism, but just humanity that each of you showed through this experience. And it was like... I Whether I needed it or it was at, at the time I needed it or whatever it was each of you had such a huge role in helping me understand and helping guide me. And again, I just, I just lost it. And here I was now in front of even bigger group. You know, first I did my breakdown in front of Jessica and Josefina. And now it was like all the guests, all of you, the cats, like everything. And I just broke down again and I was just weeping and I was at a loss for words and you know then some of my fellow retreat mates even though we weren't instructed to go around and say anything and it was very organic and I love the way you guys do that there's never any pressure to share or okay so and so it's your turn why are you here tell me your intention tell me why you're fucked up in your hair what up and I love that closing ceremony but here I'm weeping and then people were just kind of jumping in and sharing things. And a few of them just said, sure, the nicest things about me, whether it was my humor or just sharing the experience. And I was, again, blown away. And it was just another reminder of how awesome the world can be when you can truly feel and truly love and be loved, these were all, at the end of the day, they were strangers three days prior. I just was, again, just human emotion. I was just so overwhelmed. And I, you know, was not at a loss for words most of the retreat. I loved to banter with folks and be a smart ass at times. and And I, that night, I just, I couldn't really say anything. So as you might imagine, going back and parachuting into real life was an adjustment and it was very difficult. For me, And difficult in that I just had these amazing experiences in this cocoon. And now it's back to mundane reality, if you will. And so I just had to live my way through it. And after, you know, four or five days, then I got a lot more stable. And since then it's been great. My advice is to not underestimate that and to also take advantage of the amazing resources that Alessania provides, whether it's the closed social network to communicate with others or each of you, your integration sessions, which are awesome, breath work, also what helped me through it is just being able to share with some of my retreat mates who I remain in touch with either via text or email. That is just a key part to the experience. I don't think there's anything that can totally prepare you for that, reentry And I like to think of it as like the greater the experience, the harder the integration is. And so that perspective helped me kind of get through it. Wonderful. Wonderful.
1: Is there anything else that you didn't get to share, Dan?
0: It's continuing to reflect. It's continuing to act on the insights. It's continuing to be aware. And for me, to your credit, and Bill is trying to figure out, okay, what's the next piece of this psilocybin or psychedelic journey I think just people need to understand that the experience doesn't end when you step foot on that van to Mexico City that it's an ongoing kind of relationship and you're you know you're in this alumni network and the hard work begins of how to how to develop a practice and how to convert these insights into meaningful action and so that's exciting and and I feel, so much confidence in that because of Elisenia and you specifically, Tanya, and all the resources that are out there.
1: Yeah. You don't realize how much more responsibility you're actually taking on in this after program that you're setting up. You know, it's a whole new world. I have to ask you, Dan, you described the van ride to the retreat. So in such a funny way, how was it on the way back? You know, you said it was like the beginning of a movie, that it was raining, that everybody was nervous, people were tired. What was happening on the van ride back?
0: First of all, of course, it was sunny. It was clear out. Everyone had a glow about them. You know, I was amazed just watching people that, you know, I saw transformations in people just in a few days, and you could just tell by their face. And so... To be around a bunch of glowing people is pretty, is pretty awesome. It was the perfect bookend as we left the journey. And then, you know, there were sad farewells at the airport and it was amazing. You get on that bus and you don't realize who you're going to end up connecting with and the amazing people that have so many layers to them. And you're just living the full human experience in four days.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dan, for sharing. And I just, I wish you so much of magic as you can, in grace as you give yourself this time to weave in your amazing practice in your new life where you are in in Whitefish.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. I look forward to keeping in touch and good luck with your move. Thank
1: you. I appreciate it, Dan. Okay. Ciao. Thank you all so much for listening. You can find all the information that you need to learn everything about this retreat on retreat.com. We are a retreat that offers ongoing integration support, breathwork classes, and cultivation support after you have attended this retreat. It's an amazing experience that's one of its kind. If you're looking for a science-based retreat, something out of the box, something to change your life, something to add to your practice, this is where you really need to start, AluceniaRetreat.com.